On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, free unlimited lifetime supercharging is back, kind of. A longtime business colleague gives insight into what it's like to work for Elon Musk. Uber tried to team up with Tesla on self-driving cars and more. everybody. Welcome to the 94th episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for May 21st, 2017. I am Ryan McCaffrey, and I am happy to be here with you guys. I'm back from Los Angeles, where I was actually uh, a stone's throw from Elon Musk. I was hoping, yeah, maybe <laughs> you never know. Maybe you never know if you might catch a passing glimpse. Uh, obviously, the chances are low, but uh, no, I was down. I was actually in Hawthorne in LA for an event on Thursday, I believe. Yeah, Thursday, as uh, the popular video game Destiny, which a lot of you might be familiar with. It's from the studio that uh, created Halo. They were showing off Destiny 2 for the first time, and they rented out a huge hangar space uh, in Hawthorne at the Jet Center there. And sure enough, like pulling in off the freeway, you could see the Tesla Design Studio hangar, because it's written... Tesla is written in giant letters on the on the roof of it, and then of course SpaceX is right next door to the Hawthorne Design Center as well. So, right in right in Elon Musk's orbit, but sadly, no uh, no encounters, no or no seeing him drive into work in his in his. Uh, I believe he drives a black Model S, but still cool to be right there and had a good time at the event. Uh, but it's good to be home and good to be back with you for another episode. Uh, not the most busy news week this week, but a few interesting stories. I actually wanted to start with the update to the referral program. So uh, what makes this interesting, this, this, there is interest here, regardless of whether or not you are participating in any way, shape, or form with the referral program. So the, the news to come out of this, I would say, I'm going to start there, is that the Tesla semi-truck unveil the unveiling event, which Elon had said September, uh, is now actually dated uh, for September 28th. And now what's interesting is it was that came straight off of Tesla's website when I planned the show last night. And now I have the page open again today, uh, right uh, to open right now as I'm recording the show. And that date has been removed so, uh, but I'm guessing that's probably what it's going to be. I would go ahead and I would say it's fairly safe to mark your calendars for Thursday, September 28th. And eh, maybe it'll change a little bit. But uh, if you want to attend that event, if you maybe won it as a prize in a, in a previous raffle event, well, I guess, no, because the, the last prize was the Model 3 delivery event. So never mind on that. But yeah, if, uh, if, you're, if you're keen to follow that, mark Thursday, September 28th in your calendar. And I presume that is going to be, speaking of the Hawthorne Design Studio, I, I presume it's going to be down there because all the unveils have happened down there. But what's interesting about the referral program, uh, it's sort of overlapping with the current one and it's sort of like doubling down the, the one that's been going and this one. So this one's going to run through the end of June. And uh, one 
so one, okay, one, two, three, but the, the, the sort of interesting things, two qualifying referrals get you an early access token for the solar roof. So if you want to buy it, you can, you can be one of the first to get it. And it does actually say, if you do not use this, the token may be given to a friend. So that's kind of cool. Three qualifying referrals gets you to the 21 inch arachnid wheels. They've been doing those as, uh, as referral program prizes before. Uh, four qualifying referrals of Founder Series Powerwall 2, which they've they've given away before as well. And then, as I mentioned, with five referrals, the invitation to the Tesla Semi Truck Invitation, uh, pardon, pardon me, the the unveiling event, uh, and then a uh, five refers will be just drawn randomly to win a tour for four of SpaceX including travel and accommodations, which is pretty cool. And then there's another drawing, of course, for the Raffle Model S or Model X, the P100D, which is what I, that, that's what I'm interested in. Uh, that's why I uh, do the referral program and, and folks are kind enough to, existing owners, donate their code. And in this case, Jeff, my friend Jeff from California. So, uh, but I'm saving the best for last. What's most interesting about the new referral program is that anyone that uses a code and buys a car between now and again, the end of June, uh, or actually it's, let's see here. Uh, let me make sure I've got this right. looks like it's actually running through the end of the year. Uh, not only the thousand dollars off, that's the usual referral program thing, but you can, the existing owner can gift uh, free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So what, what has, what was dead has been brought back at least in a sort of, uh, referral context. So also interesting here is existing Tesla owners will also receive free unlimited supercharging on any new model S or model X that they purchase. So they're, they're grandfathering in the existing owners with future purchases, note that the Model 3 is specifically not a part of this. But if you're an existing S or X owner, as long as you keep buying S's and X's in the future, you will continue to receive free unlimited lifetime supercharging, which I think is pretty cool. I think that's a really nice uh, thing that they, they should do for the, you know, because effectively any owner S or X is, I still think you're, you qualify as an early adopter on either car. Because you're you're getting in on you know you're you're buying a an expensive car in the early part of a company's history, I think it's great that you'll continue to get the free unlimited lifetime supercharging as long as you're sticking with either of those those cars. And I also think this is a smart PR move for Tesla because being able to award free supercharging to a new owner uh, from an existing owner. I mean, that, that, that costs Tesla almost nothing, but it makes everybody happy. It makes the existing owner happy that they're going to continue to get the free uh, supercharging. And it certainly makes the new owner happy. They're like, yeah, great. Like, you know, you kind of feel like you're welcomed in. Like, oh, I get, I get this perk now that's otherwise gone if I just buy a car, you know, if I buy a three or if I buy uh, a car without a referral. So... Uh, I think it's I think it's a very very wise PR move on Tesla's part. And uh, again, I mentioned I think it's great that they're grandfathering in the existing S and X owners on any future S or X purchase. 
And as I, as I mentioned, I, I just want to specifically call out, they, as if addressing the frequently asked question right in, in the uh, footnote of the page, right in the fine print, it specifically notes on the referral program page, Model 3 orders are not eligible. So um, now this, this does lead to obvious speculation that the fact that they're, they're refreshing the referral program in the middle of the referral program it leads to obvious, you know, an obvious uh, thought that oh well, uh oh, sales must be down right now, and they're trying to goose sales with this. That may be true, it may be not, it, but it, but odds are, it is. And the reason, and I say that not to be pessimistic, but we have another indication from, that that is the case. Remember the conference call that Elon was on. That was what was that two podcasts ago. Uh, Elon said on there that Model S orders have been affected by the sort of misperception of Model 3 being the third generation Tesla vehicle and being being better than the Model S. They have seen that affect Model S orders. So this seems to be supporting evidence to that, that, you know, the, that sales are lagging a bit. Um, if that's the case then Q2, we might want to buckle up for some, you know, some negative reaction from Wall Street and from, from uh, analysts and such. But uh, as, as usual, it's, we're looking at the long game with Tesla. Even if, even if Q2 ends up being a little bumpy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about things. So that was late breaking. That actually broke Friday night. So I'm glad I was able to include that in this week's show. Moving forward this week, it's a little insight into what it's like to work for Elon Musk. I thought this was an interesting story. Uh, Former chief information officer at SpaceX, a gentleman by the name of Brandon Spikes, he started working with Elon back at Zip2 before they sold it to PayPal. Uh, And then he went with Elon to PayPal and then to SpaceX. He tells the Australian Financial Review that while Musk is gifted in his ability to inspire his workers, he's also not afraid to knock them back when their ideas don't match his expectations. Spike says, quote, his strength comes in saying no. It's not something that average humans like to do because it doesn't come naturally, but knowing how and when to refuse something is one of his greatest strengths because it creates an environment where excellence is required. Thought that was very interesting. And he continues. Working with a leader like Elon involves proposing ideas, be it you want to hire someone or you want funding, and then being in his role, he is required to green light or red light these propositions, and he says no more than he says yes, and that's rare. Surrounding himself with excellent people and being able to maximize their potential is something he has always done. Finally, he spikes adds, when necessary, he's also more than capable of being hands-on, more so than anyone else. He knows every aspect of the business, but it isn't micromanagement. When he has to be hands-on, he really has a grasp of the controls and knows how to do it. Even in my area, there were times when he showed some real IT skills. So I thought that was uh, that was fascinating insight into what it's like to work with and for Elon Musk. And... I mean, what this doesn't touch on is, I mean, I genuinely wonder as someone, again, I've said before, I do admire Elon Musk uh, because 
he's doing things that nobody else is doing. But is it intimidating, uh, pardon me, is it incredibly intimidating to work for Elon? Or is it, is it a, do you feel just good and relaxed and intellectually stimulated? I, I don't know if you can, if you can have both. I mean, I, cause I want to think of him as a nice guy, but he's clearly tough as well, which, which, uh, Spike sort of alludes to. I mean, the, the high expectations that he sets for himself and everyone else that look no further than that. I mean, we've seen evidence of that over time. So I, I guess I'm just going to have to add that to my list of interview questions in case that dream interview with Elon ever happens. That question being, what are you like as a boss? Another interesting story this week, Uber apparently approached Tesla about partnering on self-driving cars in order to take on the, uh, at the time, perceived threat from Apple. This comes via Bloomberg. Uber CEO Travis Kalanick pitched Musk on teaming up against Apple, according to Wild Ride, a book by Fortune magazine's Adam Lashinsky, scheduled for release next week. This is an excerpt from the book. Quote, I said, look, man, we should partner, Kalanick recalled in the book. Elon spent the rest of the call convincing me that it's too far out and it's not realistic that I should just stick to what we do best and be focused or I'm going to screw it all up. That's when I knew Tesla was competing. So again, I, you know, I thought this was an interesting little thing is I'm sure there are a million of these or, you know, the would be, you know, alternate universe scenarios, but I'll tell you, you know, you might, you might've heard that and thought, oh, well, no, of course Elon wouldn't partner with Uber. I mean, they have, they've had a lot of scandals. They've had a lot of, you know, things that they've had bad press over. They're, you know, they're, they're uh, not the cleanest company on the planet, at least in the, certainly in the PR department, if not others. Uh, By PR, I mean public perception. But I think, you know, I thought about this and I actually believe that Elon would seriously consider that. If it was pitched to him, by Travis Kalanick, I think he would, Elon would seriously consider it because, you know, Elon seems like such an analytical guy that I think if he, he would have looked at it and thought if this, if that partnership would help get Tesla and the world to self-driving cars faster, he probably would have taken the deal. I mean, look at, uh, case in point, look at the Panasonic partnership on the Tesla batteries. Tesla will team up with someone when it makes sense for the bigger goal. So I do believe that Elon gave this legitimate consideration before turning Uber down, because the quote from from Travis Kalanick makes it seem like Elon kind of dismissed it pretty quickly. But I bet I'll bet there was some more careful thought put into it than that. Finally, this week, I did tell you, I did warn you up front, a little bit of a slow news week this week, but uh, an interesting story here via Electrek. Volvo has begun an EV program and they are crediting Tesla for paving the way. It's nice to hear other car companies say nice things about Tesla for once. Volvo chief executive officer Hakan Samuelson said that the current generation of diesel engines will be the automaker's last and that they will instead focus on electric vehicles. He also gave credit to Tesla for launching demand for EVs, which actually plays right into the automaker's mission. Of course, as we talk about on the show almost every single week. 
So here are some more details from Electric. The Swedish automaker is aggressively pushing for its first long-range electric car to start between $35,000 and $40,000 in 2019, and it confirmed that they plan to build it in China and export it globally. That, we know, will get them around the, the massive uh, taxes in China if you, if you try to import cars into the Chinese market and sell them. You know, it's why we've seen, we've seen Elon meet with uh, Chinese officials. And, you know, there's, I would be very, very surprised if there is not a gigafactory that produces Tesla vehicles as well for the Chinese market that sprouts up sometime in the next five years. Um, let's see here. Uh, this vehicle will be built on Volvo's new modular electrification, pardon me. Oh my goodness. Modular electrification platform, which uh, will apparently become the company's focus as development efforts shift from diesel engines. And in an interview with Germans Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung via Reuters, Samuelson confirmed that today's market shows no reason to continue investing in diesel. Listen to this. From today's perspective, he says, we will not develop any more new generation diesel engines. He added that they will instead focus on all electric vehicles and plug-in hybrids. He says, we have to recognize that Tesla has managed to offer such a car for which people are lining up. In this area, there should also be space for us with high quality and attractive design. So that was cool to read because this is exactly what Elon wanted way back. If you've been following the company like I have for a while, you remember back to when Elon accepted the Motor Trend Car of the Year Award at the end of 2012 for the Model S when it was unanimous. He literally said in his acceptance, I hope others copy us. He wanted this to inspire people to to uh, lure them to you know get them to, to do the same thing, to say, hey, if, if that little Silicon Valley startup can do it, so can we. But you know, it didn't. It took, you know, Elon as an, Elon better than no, anyone else knows that it's taken much, much longer than certainly he wanted, than certainly a lot of us have wanted to see. But it is finally starting to happen. I mean, Chevy with the Bolt, Ford uh, this week. I didn't do this story, but Ford because it's not Tesla related. But Ford announced plans for a 300 mile mass produced car, not not a compliance level production car. BMW has uh, has an electrification program, and now Volvo, and then and even uh, don't forget about Volkswagen. What Elon did there too, you know the whole Dieselgate thing when VW was busted for uh, falsifying emissions records on their cars, they uh, they were hit with a massive fine. But you know Elon, they they could have been bankrupted, but Elon was the guy that helped push. To say, well, make them make them use that money to make EVs, and that is what is happening now with Volkswagen as well. So, it is you know the dam seems like it is starting to break with EVs. It's still going to take some time. You know, the bolt is out there in what Elon Musk is convinced. You remember from his quote on the clip I played a couple of shows back, he is convinced that that is a compliance car that will not be made at a level higher than 25 or 30,000 units a year. But uh, the Bolt is out. The next generation Leaf is due at the end of this, later this year as well, alongside, of course, your Model 3 and my Model 3. The the Model 3 
on the way as well. So it's 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 getting there. It's great to see it. And it's just going to be fun because, you know, not only is it good for the planet and good for uh, consumers in the sense that, you know, they're, they're cheaper to operate, but it'll be just be fun to have some competition for every, you know, it's going to be beneficial to, to all of us because these, all these car companies will just start trying to one up each other with EVs. And it's like, you know, Tesla's already been pushing the envelope with performance uh, as I, you know, my long held theory go all the way back to episode one for this. You know, I believe that ludicrous mode was concocted as a, as sort of a, an FU to, to the existing automakers who haven't, who, who didn't heed Elon's plea with the Motor Trend Car of the Year Award in 2012, who didn't copy them. And Elon said, fine, I'll just make a car that beats you so badly, that outperforms your cars so badly that you will have no choice but to come play on the, the, the same playing field that I'm on, on the, with EVs here. So, um, and that we'll start to see that, you know, the, the, these car companies, these established automakers will come into the EV business and they'll start having to one up each other and it'll be great. It'll be great for us. We'll get better performing cars. We'll get more efficient cars. We'll get just better vehicles out of it. And that's great. Whether, you know, of course, everybody listening to this podcast and certainly myself, we we all intend to buy Teslas if we don't own them already. But again, competition is always, always good for, certainly for consumers. All righty. That wraps it up for the news this week. Eh, not the most exciting week, but then again, you know, they can't all be uh, wild and crazy. So uh, we'll see. We've got, uh, we're two weeks out from the Model 3 viewing event as part of the VIP factory tour with Franz. So uh, that week, I guess I should I should warn you then. So in two weeks, the show, I mean, it'll be out on time, but for you Patreon supporters, the early access will probably not be very early because I'll wait and do the show after I go with Michael from Milbray to the factory and do the factory tour uh, and do the Q&A with Franz and see the Model 3. So I'll be able to share any you know, experiences or stories or information, anything I might be able to get out of that. Now, I guess I should pass along. I should set the expectation. A little disappointing, but not the end of the world. It was, it has been confirmed that the, the Model 3 at the factory in two weeks uh, for that, that viewing event, that private viewing event, it's just, it is, it is going to be the, the alpha prototype, not, it's not going to be a new release candidate car. Which I can I can understand why like that is a show car. It is made to be shown. The release candidates are not meant for, uh, for for viewing. They're not meant for really public consumption at all. Uh, of course, they're spy shots. You can't help those. But yeah, so it, it does make it's a little disappointing just in the sense that it would have been great to get up close with a release candidate with a near final production car. But uh, the I presume it'll be the silver alpha prototype, which is the same one I rode in at the event last year. But that was, you know, I saw that car at night uh, in a in a quick ride, and you couldn't get up close to it. It was on a stage, like a ver- the stage was super high up. So um, just being able to be on the same 
level with it and being able to get a good up-close look at it. Hopefully, you sit inside it as well. It'll be nice to take a, a, a less rushed look at the car and really just study it for, for a little while and really soak it in. Because as great as it was to get to ride in it and see it at the Model 3 unveil event last year, there was definitely no time to soak it in because you, you, know, you had to wait till your number was called and you go up and you're waiting in line to get your test ride and they literally, they, don't, they, they practically shove you in the car, close the door, they, you take off, you do your one minute test ride, you're looking around, you're trying to take everything in, it's night, it's dark outside, they come, they come back, they kick you out of the car and then they bring the next group in and, and away the car goes. So you, and, and it's always moving, you, know, you didn't, just didn't get a good look at it. So at the very least, it'll be good for that. I'm hoping again, as I've said, that I'll get to ask Franz at least a question or two. Uh, I, ha- I will be preparing those questions. So anyway, uh, I guess the point is, even if this week's show, not a lot of news happened, hopefully I'll get something fun out of it uh, for a couple weeks from now, two shows from now, and then, you know, we'll see what next week brings for next week's show. But in the meantime, stick around after the uh, commercial break here, because next up is the Ride the Lightning hotline. There are seven excellent calls. Uh, you folks came through and uh, delivered some some excellent questions and some discussion topics. So we'll get to those here right after this. If you're like me and have a Tesla reservation, you'd probably love the chance to drive one around for more than just the short test drive that you can get from Tesla. Well, I've got a solution for you. Friend of the show, Joe Edgel, actually rents out Model S and Model X Teslas for as long as you'd like. If you happen to be taking a trip to Washington, D.C. or the Baltimore area, or if you want to drive one so badly you're willing to make a special trip, check out Joe's website, emotion.rentals. If you want, Joe will even deliver the car to you at the airport or your hotel. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N dot rentals. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is the part of the show where it's your part of the show. Your calls, your recorded questions that you've sent in, which you can either uh, just record on your smartphone and email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, or use the very simple, easy-to-use toll-free hotline number where you just call in and leave a message. So that is 1-888-989-8752 if you want to call or Skype that. Again, that's toll-free 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more, and I thank Life on Record for providing and setting up the Ride the Lightning hotline for me. Let's kick it off with Dan in Colorado calling in regarding batteries and the Gigafactory. Dan, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Dan from Netherland, Colorado. Really enjoyed the podcast and uh, just had a thought uh, regarding the battery and Gigafactory. Uh, it seems like the Model 3 is going to ship with the new 2170 uh, cell battery packs, uh, also used in the uh, Powerwall. And uh, my question is... Um, Musk, Elon has commented many times that the X and the S will have the uh, better technology, and it seems like then prior to the Model 3 launch that 
perhaps uh, Tesla would introduce the 2170 battery uh, platform to the X and the S uh, prior to the 3 launch because if the 3 were to launch with the 2170 battery, it seems that that would then have a, a leg up or better technology uh, from a battery perspective than the Model X or Model S, which would then be contrary to what Elon uh, has stated many times. But um, anyways, just wanted to get your thoughts on that and um, and see uh, if you had any uh, any perspective. Um, appreciate the uh, podcast, and um, thanks. Well, Dan, we'll see here. We'll see about this. Because I could see it going either way. Because maybe at the July Model 3 delivery event, that, you know, the final Model 3 event, Elon will talk about the battery pack, and men- and it's very possible he may mention something like, uh, oh, and by the way, every Model S and Model X is now shipping with these new and improved battery cells. Or it may be such an under-the-hood change, pardon the, <laughs> pardon the phrasing, that it really only matters in terms of costs which is certainly a Tesla concern more than a consumer concern. Uh, so, you know, it might, it might not really matter to the end consumer. And so uh, the three, maybe the three really will be the first car to get these cells since it's, the car is shipping in such greater volume. But we'll find out soon enough. July will be here before we know it. Next up, Evan from Western Montana commenting, uh, it replies to me about uh, the nerfed P100D loaner cars. So he's got something to say about that. A little interesting nugget of food for thought here. Evan, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Evan from Western Montana. I uh, just listened to your recent podcast, and uh, there was some question as to why Tesla might be using a whole fleet of P100Ds if they were just going to nerf them, essentially. Um, and my theory on that is that that will give them the opportunity to flood the certified pre-owned market with their top-of-the-line model at a discount, which would incentivize people to perhaps go with that over something more comparable later. So uh, that's it. Thanks for doing a great podcast, and uh, I'll keep listening. That is an interesting possibility that I had not considered, Evan, because that could totally help with end-of-quarter sales pushes, too. Like, if you have a if you have pre-built, you know, service cars, fleet cars, inventory cars ready to drive off the lot at a discount, that can help Tesla move some cars right at the end of a quarter and help them goose their quarterly numbers a little bit. So, which we all know every quarter there's a big push that Tesla makes. Sometimes it's more outward facing than others, but we know that's that is a that is how Tesla tends to operate. So, uh, interesting thought there, Evan. Thank you for calling in with that. Next up, Christy, a regular from South San Francisco. We've heard from her a number of times before. She responds to a call from Ralph a week or two back about whether or not to you want to wait for Model Y. So, uh, Christy, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Christy from South San Francisco. I wanted to respond to Ralph from L.A.'s question about whether he should wait for the Model Y. Um, I'm in a similar situation. I think the Y is the car that I want. Um, Obviously, we don't know for sure yet, but I am absolutely still going forward with a Model 3 purchase, Um, just like Ralph, dual motor, so waiting until January. 
But um, I've got three reasons why this makes sense. Number one, I'm an early adopter, and I want to have it as soon as possible, although not soon enough to skip the dual motor. Um, number two, the resale value of Teslas. There have been some articles recently, Ryan, I think you talked about them, but Model S's and X's are really holding their value more than any other ICE cars. And so decide to sell that Model 3 to go for a Y that it won't lose very much. And the third factor is um, you did mention about, you know, what your current car situation is like. Imagine the gas situation. So if you're driving an ICE car right now, it's a really nice ICE car. Think about the thousands of dollars that you'll save in gas money over those two years while you're driving a Tesla instead of your current car. Um, if you have a you know, car, it may not be as big of a savings, but uh, that's something that I'm factoring in as well. So super excited for uh, my little three in maybe the January time frame. Um, one other comment. I wanted to get your feedback, Brian, on the Easter egg basket. So in Tesla's latest software release, you can now access the Easter eggs from a pop-down menu um, where they're all there. And especially from a video game perspective, don't you kind of feel like that's cheating? Like, isn't the point of an Easter egg to, like, know where to find it? But anyways, just wanted to get your thoughts. Thanks for the show. Bye. Well, unfortunately, Christy, some of that call broke up, but we got your, your points came through just fine. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't specifically call out gas savings when I was responding to Ralph. I, I totally should have, but I believe I did talk about factoring in your maintenance costs for the duration of the time that Ralph would have his ICE, which of course would certainly include fuel. But, you know, again, everybody's going to make the best decision for them, but the resale value point that you mentioned, uh, it, it's it's though that's still not definitive on the Model Three the way it is on the S and X. I mean, we we just don't know how the Model Threes are gonna are gonna hold their value, but it, it's a point worth considering when you're making your decision about whether to stick with your existing car and hold out for Model Y, or to just to take the plunge and and move forward with your Model Three reservation. And yes, by the way, Christy, I totally agree that putting all the Easter eggs in one super easy spot is kind of cheating and kind of defeating the purpose of an Easter egg. But you know what? At the end of the day, you pay a whole lot of money for your Tesla. So you might as well, if you're Tesla, you might as well put the Easter eggs in a place where more of your customers are going to see them and enjoy them. I can't hold that against Tesla there. Next up, Eric from Ridgecrest commenting on the Model Y and the Model 3 being easier to produce than the SRX. Eric, take it away. Hey, Ryan. Eric from Ridgecrest here. Uh, We've heard a lot recently about how the Model Y is going to be so much easier to produce and to a lesser extent the Model 3. Uh, When are we going to see that passed on to the Model S and the Model X? Um, Seems like... They're so difficult to produce that there seems to be a lot of opportunities to pass that technology on. Uh, we're going to wait till the Model Y comes out before they learn all their lessons and uh, pass that on to the Model S or Model X. I'd uh, like to hear your thoughts. Well, Eric, it has to happen, but it's clearly not as much of a priority as the Model 3 is, just given the difference in production volume. I mean, that's plain as day. And you know, Elon has is repeatedly on the record 
talking about how difficult the Model X is to build. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll speed it up over time, but I think we may have to wait for a full Model S and Model X redesign, of which the former will certainly happen much, much sooner than the latter will, uh, so that once that happens, all the cars, uh, or pardon me, well, both of those cars can be redesigned from from the ground up for greater manufacturing efficiency. I mean, I would I would count on that as when the S does get its inevitable redesign in you know who knows maybe three or four years from now something like that to maybe two to four years we'll see, but yeah I, I suspect it will be a ground up redesign that that is thinking very very carefully about manufacturing efficiency and and cranking them out as efficiently as possible because that lowers the cost for Tesla, even if the volume doesn't get to Model 3 volumes, which of course it won't. It's it's a car that costs twice as much or more, but the the more efficiently and more quickly that Tesla can produce a Model S, uh, again, presumably once it's redesigned, then the cheaper it is and the higher the profit margin and the more money Tesla makes and the better the company does. And it's just, it's uh, nothing but good for the company. Next up, Vincent is a Model 3 reservation holder, and he wonders about leasing. So, Vincent, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. My name is Vincent, and I'm a Model 3 reservation holder. And you made a comment last week that uh, got me thinking. Uh, You mentioned that uh, leasing a Model 3 might be a good option, and that was actually uh, my plan. But then I realized that the Model S wasn't available available as a lease for a few months uh, after it was uh, released. So I'm wondering if the Model 3 will be, since um, availability will be somewhat limited. Um, I'm currently um, holding my reservation, but I'm wondering if I should just um, give up uh, my res- my reservation because also I won't be able to to lease the car until uh, my current lease uh, runs out, which would be uh, October 2018. So I just wanted to pick your brain and uh, thank you so much for your fantastic pod- podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Well, I suppose I can't tell you either way for sure. I would say don't give up your reservation, though, because we should find out for absolute certain in about two months once, if in fact, Model 3s start coming off the line for customer purchase in July. I mean, I can tell you what I can tell you, though, for sure, is that the Model S couldn't be leased back in the early Tesla Model S days because Tesla literally didn't have a system in place to do it. They just didn't have that. You know, the company was very, very lean, very small, much smaller than it is now, much leaner than it is now. But now they do have the infrastructure in place to support leasing. So I suspect you'll be able to lease a Model 3 without any problem whatsoever, but can't say it yet with 100% certainty. So uh, again, I would just say hang on to that Model 3 reservation, and we should get to know the final answer to that in just a couple months. Jerome is next. He disagrees with me about the Tesla Semi uh, that I I, spe- that I wondered if people really want to hear about it or not. So, uh, Jerome, I hand the floor over to you. Hey, Ryan. Uh, love your show. Wanted to simply state that um, I disagree with the Tesla Semi comment that you made. Um, maybe 
folks out there that are interested in Tesla vehicles um, are only interested in the cars. But as a Tesla enthusiast myself, um, I'm more than interested in the Tesla Semi just to see how the technology migrates to that platform. Uh, I have a good friend who's a truck driver, but beyond that, I have really no further exposure to truck driving um, other than what we see on the roads. But the idea of the trucks being converted to electric are very appealing to me. Um, I'm very anti-diesel smog, and I just think that that is an important transition that needs to take place. And I'm thrilled that Elon is pursuing that. And I'm very excited to see the kind of data that we get from the prototype that we'll find out uh, more detail about in later this year. Um, anyway, I wanted to say that I specifically listened to that particular episode because of the semi. Maybe others didn't, but I know I did. So I hope that we don't ignore it in the future. Best of luck, and thanks for your show. Well, I was kind of joking, honestly. The, the, as, I, as I said, the, the downloads on that semi-truck episode were, were lower, so much lower than usual. I mean, they've kind of rebounded since but it's still what's like it's 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 a definite standout episode uh downloads wise <laughs> but uh i i definitely won't you won't see tesla semi truck in a uh in a in an episode title for me again anytime soon but you know i i certainly i certainly will talk about it you know i'm going to continue covering it when it makes sense because it is a tesla vehicle and I totally agree with you, Jerome, that the Tesla Semi is interesting, even if it's a product that 99%, maybe even 100% of my audience will never buy. Uh, but I still think it's interesting, so I'll, I'll uh, certainly not be afraid to talk about it when it makes sense. And our final caller this week is Andrew from Ottawa. He calls in about the Tesla network. Andrew, take it away. Hey Ryan, this is Andrew from Ottawa, Canada. My call involves the Tesla network, although it's at least a couple years away, as Elon predicts. We all know how world-changing Level 5 autonomy will be, and I'm really hoping that in order to help Tesla owners who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford or choose not to purchase a self-driving capability, that Tesla offers an option to them. No payments up front for the full self-driving, but you can still lend your car to the Tesla network, and it will earn money for you, which would then go to unlocking the capability. That way, after a couple weeks or a few months, depending on use, uh, you would have earned enough to pay completely for self-driving, and then it would unlock for personal use as well as the Tesla network. Maybe that would convince some people who would otherwise be on the fence. Also, in terms of the Tesla network, I'm really hoping that there's some sort of entrepreneur out there who will be willing to set up some sort of charge and clean shop for people on the Tesla network so that owners can choose to sacrifice a bit of profit and have a third-party service do all the work for them. It would be some sort of garage or parking lot full of high-speed chargers with some employees that clean the car inside and out on an as-needed basis while it charges, and then release the vehicle again to keep making money for you. They could arrange an appropriate amount for electricity and cleaning and make a bit of, bit of money out of it. That is, if Tesla itself doesn't implement something like that themselves. Anyway, hope to hear your thoughts, and thanks for a great podcast. Interesting food for thought here, Andrew. You know, because it is in the fleet's interest to allow your car to use the Tesla network, even if you haven't paid for full self-driving for your own use. But that would arguably be against Tesla's business interest. You can make the case either way, I think. So, I mean, so far, Elon has done, quote-unquote, the right thing, more often than not, in my opinion, anyway. So, 
with that in mind, I'm gonna I would give this about 51 to 49 odds in favor of what you're proposing. And by the way, I absolutely love your clean and charge idea. It that's a fantastic business proposition, and I could easily see Tesla implementing it themselves at the superchargers. I mean, in fact, I believe they've already dabbled in it informally at some superchargers now where they they occasionally offer. I don't know if it's Tesla directly or just third parties that do kind of a pop-up thing where they're, they'll do a, a detail and a cleaning while you're there uh, supercharging. Great stuff here, Andrew. Thank you for that call. Thanks to all of you who called in. Uh, by the way, the, the Patreon bonus episode for uh, those of you who pledge the $10 or higher level per month in support of the podcast, that finally went up. I apologize for the delay. So uh, do check Patreon for that bonus episode if, uh, if you qualify for that. And I will uh, hopefully be able to get the June one out earlier in the month like I had been doing. But as all of you know, it's... Uh, it's been a bit of a of a rocky month, so I hope you'll you'll forgive me not getting that that extra episode done uh, quite as early in the month as I as I would have liked. But anyway, thanks everybody for calling in, and please keep the calls coming. If you heard something in the news part of the section part of the show earlier, or in the Ride the Lightning Hotline section just now that you'd like to respond to that that spurs a question, a comment, a discussion topic, give me a call. It's a toll free call. The number is 1-888-989-8752, or you can just record a question on your smartphone and email me the file. The email address for that is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Be right back after this with a few final thoughts for you, and we'll wrap things up. I should have mentioned this when I was talking about the refreshed referral program uh, with the being able to gift free unlimited lifetime supercharging with a referral. So uh, I'll give the code out here. Still using my friend Jeff from California's referral code. Since this this referral program is technically the same one, it's still going. It's like kind of both. Like It's sort of overlapping. You've got almost effectively two referral programs running at the same time. So we'll stick with Jeff's code until this one ends, which I believe is the end of June. And then I'll uh, move on to someone else's code. If anybody else is uh, kind enough to want their, their code used here on the podcast. So anyway, if you are planning to buy a Tesla or the idea of free unlimited lifetime supercharging pushes you over the edge in favor of wanting to buy a model S or X now, Get $1,000 off. Please use this coup- this referral code to do it. Type this into your web browser, ts.la slash Jeff2311. It's Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. You'll get $1,000 off of your purchase, and you will get free unlimited lifetime supercharging as part of this referral program now. So that is an extra little incentive if you have any thoughts of buying a Tesla. Uh, Abstract Ocean, if you need anything for any Tesla stuff for you or for your Tesla, such as an LED lighting kit for the interior or for the uh, exterior, you can do the, the license plate frame, uh, any, any little interesting goodies like that, take a look over at abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout 
to get 20% off of your order. Subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter for free at teslaweekly.com. He does, Dave does a great job every week of rounding up Tesla news and delivering it in digest form uh, into your email box about every Friday. I want to thank all the Patreon producers, the kind folks who support the podcast at the $20 or higher level. Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Maracle, Kyle Stover, Vince Vaughn, Josh, uh, pardon me, John Lasher, and uh, thank you, David, for writing in and correcting my pronunciation as I hoped you would. David Vakil is, uh, is our most recent Patreon producer, so thank you all so much. Uh, if you would like to consider supporting my efforts here, all the time and energy that goes into this thing, uh, whether it's a dollar, whether it's whatever, whatever you think uh, would be would be good, it's always appreciated. It every every little bit helps. Please visit the Patreon page, Patreon.com/TeslaPodcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So uh, thank you all so much. You can follow me on Twitter if uh, that is a thing that interests you. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Again, the show email address. You can reach me on email TeslaPodcast at gmail.com. And that'll wrap it up. Uh, So a bit of an eclectic kind of potpourri week uh, in Tesla news, but had fun with the the hotline, some interesting stories to chat through. Hope you enjoyed the show this week. Uh, Happy electric motoring. And I will see you back every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. New episodes drop. So see you next week.